Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Right, Seb, bring us in. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Give me a sec. <laughs> I can't wait to do mine. <laughs> do you want to go first or second, by the way? Um, I'll go. I'll go second. No, it's me. I'm doing it. Are you? Yeah. Right. What? <laughs> Are you actually? <laughs> I not... thought you were hosting. No, I hosted last week. Oh fuck! Are you actually joking? I've written two pages of notes on Hitler. No, you haven't, you fucking liar. <laughs> I'm fucking razzing you, mate. You little cunt. <laughs> Welcome to episode 24. 20 fucking 4 of the greatest podcast of all time, aka Goats. Welcome to the show. How are you both doing? Very good. Yes. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, nothing particularly crazy has happened to me this week, other than no. I fell off my motorbike. It was so embarrassing. <sighs> I I fell off my motorbike. My shoe got caught on my exhaust, and it mm. held my my leg to my exhaust. I was wearing shorts. I just got back to the gym from the gym, and I'm gonna. S- Try and stand on the chair. Please fall. <laughs> Can you see that? Yes, yeah, Seb, don't wear shorts and ride your bike. Yeah, I yeah, know, I know, I know, dumb. I know. That was Naughty stupid, boy. and it's gone like... It's the first burn I've had in a long time that's gone like scabby. Yeah. Like, it's not It's not just like burn, it's like gone crispy. That'll be there um, for many it, years. Yeah, it's going to be a long one. Other than that... The other thing I wanted to explain was that Michael messaged me, uh, well, he messaged all of us on the group chat and was like, what the fuck is going on on Canva with all these weird uploads? Yeah. Canva's the software that I use to do the Instagram posts and you upload images in there. So it's just full of images of our faces and various shit and what was in there, so. <laughs> it was like a sex face emoji. The one that's like, <sighs> you know, the one that's like, he's all hot and sweaty. A peach emoji and a chili emoji. <laughs> yeah. And that is because I'd like to announce now uh, for everyone, Big Seb's hot ass chili. Sorry, what? Big Seb's hot ass chili. You've got a hot sauce? Well, I made hot sauce, yeah. It's not commercially available, but oh. I made it. <laughs> but yeah, it's a play on words because well, it's a play on emojis, actually, which I think is like a new level of, of like autism, comedy and wit. Because it's obviously, it's the hot face, the peach and the chili, which yeah. are like sexy. And it sort of says hot ass because it's the peach chili. Yeah. But it's also <laughs> got peach in it. So it's actually hot peach chili. Wow. Peach chili? Yeah, it's like a Ooh. peach base with scotch bonnet and some habanero peppers in it. It's very hot. But there it is. Big Seb's hot ass chili. Can't wait to give it a try in six weeks. Yes, when you're up in the up in the big mm-hmm. smoke. Yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't think there's been any big anything big happening in the world that's to report. Is there? No. No. I, I genuinely nothing forgot. at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything. So we'll just gloss no. over that. And should we get straight into the episode? Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. So, no good story is complete without a villain no good hero is complete without a villain who would care about jesus if it wasn't for the devil 
<laughs> no one. And we're back on the Jesus stuff. <laughs> Who would care about David if it wasn't for Goliath? No one. A good villain needs to be scary. Maybe they're a representation of real world evil. Maybe they've even got a point. You know, maybe they, you can see where they're coming from. Or maybe they're just a complete fabrication created by liberals to scare our kids and take our guns away. Damn liberals. <laughs> Who's that? Captain America? <laughs> no, fucking um, mass shootings. False flag operations, mate. Never oh, happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Alex Jones told me. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he in prison? <laughs> Not yet. Oh, no. He's uh, just very, very poor. <laughs> yeah. He's just very, very close. <laughs> but who is the greatest fictional villain of all time? Darth Vader? Doctor No? Or something totally ridiculous, like a fake virus created by Nancy Pelosi designed to take away our freedom? There's only one way to find out. <laughs> Who wants to go first? <laughs> Who's going to go first? I don't mind going first, unless you want to go first, Vinny. Uh, no, I'll save the best till last, I reckon. Oh, fuck you. Ooh. That's fighting talk, mate. You're villainous today. <laughs> You're not going to do MF Doom, are you? <laughs> <Madden>. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, shit. Oh, he's been oh shit. He knows. <laughs> well, I'll go first. Now... I started off thinking about who I was going to do by looking at some Google lists. Classic GOATS nice. research. I know, yeah. And if you want to apply to be a GOATS researcher and have extensive knowledge of how to Google stuff, apply in the description anyway. Yeah, right. So I went through some lists, but then I saw the, fir- the, well, the first one that I clicked on put Kylo Ren as the seventh best villain of all time. So I clicked Kylo off the Ren. lists and thought, fuck that. <laughs> that is objectively ass. That is just wrong. Yeah. No, Darth Maul was a cooler villain than Kylo Ren for sure. Mate, anyone. He's not even the seventh best um, Star Wars villain. Star Wars villain, yeah. The guy who shoots Bambi is a better villain than Kylo <laughs> Ren. Like, easily. Easily. So I was like, that's fucking lame. I thought of some other ones like Alien from the Aliens series. Pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, quite like yeah. them. Then I thought, oh, what about the Joker? But then I realised I only really like Jack Nicholson's Joker and Heath Ledger's Joker. I forgot that Jared Leto's Joker exists. You don't like... <laughs> no. <laughs> did, that not, did that not tickle your pickle? No, it really didn't. So I was like, I can't pick him because that sort of tarnishes the name a little bit. But anyway, so I was like, nah, I didn't pick any of them. And there was one thing coming into my mind. A darkness trying to take hold of me. Willing me, trying to influence my decision and corrupt my mind. And in the end, I was too weak to its power. And I succumbed and gave in. Oh, no. (laughs) I gave in to the will. The will of the greatest villain of all time. The will of the Dark Lord himself. The will of Sauron. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Yes! Finally, another Lord of the Rings one that is actually justified that there's no big mental jump. This makes way more sense than Gandalf, so I'm a Liz. Listen, we'll get on to Gandalf a bit later on, as he does play a part in this story of the greatest villain of all time, the most evil, the Dark Lord. The, not a Dark Lord, not a villain, he is the Dark Lord. But who is Sauron? Who is he? We all think he's a big flaming eye in the sky who fucking loves jewellery. But who really is he? Well, Sauron is a Maya. What's that? Well, (laughs) (laughs) it's going to get a bit nerdy. Um, Well, in the lore of Tolkien's work, there is actually a god above all other beings. There is actually sort of a one god called Eru Iluvatar, who created everything. And the first things that he created were the gods, the Valar, and their servants, the Maya. The Valar are the proper gods, and the Maya are the slightly lesser beings. 
but they all work together, and Sauron is one of the Maya. Other Maya include wizards, like Gandalf and Sauron. So now it makes a little bit more sense. Sorry, not wizards, uh, magicians. Just, yeah. Get that in there. <laughs> Asterix. But anyway, to skip a fuck ton of stuff that happens in Middle-earth, thousands of years before the Lord of the Rings... One Valar turned against all the other gods and he created evil and he was like the first ever Dark Lord. And his name was Melkor or Morgoth, which is what the race of men referred to him as. He went down to Middle-earth and he became the first Dark Lord and tried to rule over everything. Huge war ensues. The Valar eventually actually intervene, which never, ever, ever happens. And they destroy Morgoth, they banish him to another realm, and half of Middle-earth sinks into the sea as a result of it. So, it was pretty fucking bad. That concludes the first age of Middle-earth. But, there was someone left over from that war, who went into hiding just before it finished and remained in Middle-earth. Morgoth's right-hand man, Sauron. His chief lieutenant, his top dog, who was now going to be top dog. So, I've gone well off script, so I just need to uh, get back where I am. <laughs> this was, you were doing <laughs> that, was, that just off the dome. You've spoken with that That's off the, the dome. Yeah, that's off the dome. I'm, I've written an actual word-for-word script, but I'm not reading it. <laughs> this was the easiest script ever to write, by the way. <laughs> I did it in about 20 minutes. So Sauron decides, I'm going to be the top dog. I'm going to be the Dark Lord. In the second age of Middle-earth, I'm going to be the fucking one, mate. Morgoth's gone, and elves, dwarves, men, everybody, they need someone to rule over them, enslave them, kill them, etc., etc. You know what? Hand in the air, I'll do it, don't worry. So, rather than just trying to kill everyone with brute force, Sauron is a little bit different to previous Dark Lords and all darkness around. He is cunning. And he's clever. He's got brains and brawns. So he's not just Darth Vader who, although, yeah, he might be powerful with the Force, can't actually breathe. You know, he's got everything. So, he thinks up a great plan. And while his army of orcs and shit like that, um, you know, fucking trolls and that and dragons and everything else, while they're setting up base in the lands of Mordor, Sauron thinks, hmm, how am I actually going to take over? Like. It didn't work when Morgoth just came and annihilated everybody, which obviously I could do, being the Dark Lord. <laughs> but how am I actually going to take over? What am I going to do? So, he conjures up a little plan, and he disguises himself as a bringer of gifts, a traveller in Middle-earth. And he goes to the realm of the elves in Eregion, which is the smithing realm of the elves, where all the greatest smiths herald from. Isn't that like an herb that you put in, like, pasta dishes, Eregion? I don't know about herbs, mate. Oh, oregano. He only knows one herb, mate. <laughs> he smokes that ganja. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so he disguises himself he goes into Eregion as a bringer of gifts and he befriends someone by the name of Celebrimbor now Celebrimbor is the finest of the elven smiths during the second age of middle earth who is grandfather to Feanor who created the Silmarillions the greatest jewels of all time in middle earth who Morgoth captured and thus started the War of Borgoth. Seb, I can see you absolutely die. What's wrong with you? It's just noise. It's just like Hargadarth and Bargadarth. Smith the Schnargadarth. It's just, it's just endless. What are you in about? I've never listen, heard anything like it. Listen, so, all right, I'll bring it down a peg then. All right, so Sauron rocks into Celebrimbor's office. He goes, he goes, what's up, son? He says, listen... I'm a bringer of gifts and I've got a great plan. I'm pretty swift with a hammer and a forge as well. Tell you what, let's make some fucking rings, shall we? Celebrimbor goes, raw, yes. So, they make some rings. <laughs> Is that better, <laughs> 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 
it's not even close to that. It's worse. <laughs> so they they make some rings, some rings of power. This is the this is the idea. Is that they're going to make a bunch of rings, and these rings are going to bestow upon elves, men, and dwarves the power to rule peacefully and you know like maintain the world. You know make sure everything's ticking over nicely and everything else. So they, they get forging. It takes 90 years, but they forge, they forge the rings of power. They forge nine for men, seven for dwarves, three for elves, and one for the Dark Lord. <coughs> what? Well, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> anyway, so the rings of power are forged. However, in secret, Sauron, he's a tricky little cunt. And he has fooled Celebrimbor because in secret he has forged his own ring in the fires of Mount Doom. The one ring. One ring to rule them all. And in that ring he pours all of his evil and malice and most of his own being and gives that one ring the power to rule all the other rings that they've just created. So he's just told Celebrimbor, make these rings and you'll be able to rule peacefully. But he's a secretly given himself the power to rule over all those other rings, thus enslaving all of Middle Earth. Dun dun dun. Ooh, sneaky bastard. Sneaky bastard. Something interesting. Tolkien died in 1973. Really? Yeah. If you flip that number, <laughs> so you have three, Uh-oh. seven, nine, one. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. Three for the elves, seven for the dwarves. Nine for the men, one for the Dark Lord. Wow, he planned it, didn't he? That is pretty oh, creepy, isn't it? Come on. That's pretty cool. That's really. pretty nuts. That's no. pretty nuts. Just what do you mean, a, no? Just no. A... Anyway, back to Sauron. So he's an evil little shit, and he forged one ring to rule them all. Now, the first thing he did was corrupt the men. The, the will of men, humans... Women as well. I'm saying men, but obviously everybody. The will of the people is very easy to corrupt. And he bent them and twisted them to his evil ways in a heartbeat. And he took the nine rings and created with them the bearers as Nazgul. Ring wraiths. Servants to Sauron. Seb, they're the people in the black cloaks that ride the horses and the dragons. Right, I'm with you. I'm with you. They're, They're the bad ones, yeah? The witch king is their leader. The men fall to Sauron. The dwarves, they don't really join him or rebel. They're sort of in the middle. Dwarves are very stubborn. But their minds are sort of twisted and they become... They have a bit of a lust for this power that was promised to them. And they end up digging deep into the world. Digging for gold. Becoming very self-absorbed and stubborn. And that eventually sort of leads to their downfall. Because in the end, their digging releases demons like the Balrog of Moria... It invites Smaug into Erebor, who actually devours one of the rings of power from the dwarves. So most of the dwarves' rings of power are either lost, because they just forgot about them, they were consumed by other things, wealth and money and everything else, or they were consumed by dragons and destroyed forever. Uh, So, yeah, the dwarves sort of fucked up there. But the elves, they are cunning as well, and Sauron actually underestimated how wise elves can be, because although Celebrimbor was completely duped, Galadriel and Elrond, Seb, Elrond is the guy who is from the Matrix. <laughs> right, Agent I'm Smith. with you. Agent Smith, Mr. Yes. Anderson. Galadriel and Elrond and Agent Smith, they, they hide the rings <laughs> from Sauron so that he can't find them. They they are aware of his ruse. They were very suspicious of Sauron, even when he was a wandering traveller. And this made Sauron pissed as fuck. He is fuming. He's like, hell no, nah. hand me the rings. I am the one. I am holding the one ring. You will bow to my power. And they just refuse. But he fucking hates elves, and he wants them to join them the most. So he declares all-out war on the elves. And this is where the opening scene of the first Lord of the Rings film starts. So we've got a lot left to cover, okay? Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I got him. 
We got 10 more hours, baby. He's <laughs> <laughs> just going to read the entire fucking, all the books, <laughs> back to front. So in the final battle of the war, Sauron's winning the war, his orcs and his trolls and everything, that they're winning the war quite comfortably. And in the final battle, Sauron is just annihilating people with this powerful ring. He's just absolutely smashing them. And he actually takes on the king of the men, Elendil, and the king of all the elves, Gilgalad, 2v1. 2v1 me, bro. Let's fucking go. And he annihilates them. He lays waste to both of them, smashing Elendil's great sword into a million pieces. Decimated. The war is surely over. But nay, actually this time... <laughs> <laughs> Why is that so funny? <laughs> Not the nay, don't. But nay, but nay, but nay. Fine, milady. <laughs> but yeah, nah, mate. Isildur, Elendil's son, takes the broken Isildur. sword of his father. Vinny, do it again. Isildur, and he cuts the finger in the ring from Sauron, and Sauron's physical form is destroyed. Hang on, that's all they had to do. Wait. Isildur takes the ring for himself. And that is it. All thoughts of Sauron are thought to be over. But Sauron won't be defeated that easily. He's not the goat villain for no reason. Because he's still in the ring. Yes, he is still in the ring. So, the story after Isildur takes the ring is fairly well known. The ring betrays Isildur, and you might be thinking, it's just a ring. No. Sauron poured all of his malice and evil hatred into that ring. It is basically the living embodiment of his spirit in that ring. It almost has a mind of its own. It betrays Isildur and is lost for 3,000 years until a being, a small river hobbit, these are hobbits that live out in the wilderness in the river by the rivers and fish and stuff, not hobbits that live in the Shire, by the way. Called Smeagol. Finds the ring. Well, actually, Smeagol doesn't find the ring. His friend Deagle finds the ring. Is, is, his, friend, is his friend called Deagle? Deagle, like yeah. Like Desert Eagle? Deagle. What the fuck? Deagle. Oh. <laughs> Deagle, walking Deagle headshot. I'm pretty sure Deagle the Hobbit was invented before the Desert Eagle. <laughs> Gold Deagle. <laughs> Gold Deagle picks up the ring. But it, it's Smeagol's birthday. And he must have it. He kills Deagle for the ring, which he then proclaims as his precious. And the ring stays with Smeagol, transforming him into the evil creature known as Gollum for over 300 years. Until... A hobbit, walking through the Misty Mountains on his way to rid a mountain of its own of a dragon, stumbles across a ring on the floor and puts it in his pocket. He then riddles with Gollum and asks him, What have I got in my pocket? The One Ring. He tricks Gollum and takes the ring for himself and Bilbo holds on to the ring for 60 years. Until eventually, on his 111th birthday, and yes, you have to say it really fast like that, just how he says it. He gives the ring very reluctantly to Frodo, who is not actually his son. He's his adopted son. Frodo is not actually a Baggins. He's a Baggins by adoption. He is actually a Brandybuck, cousin to uh, Merry oh, is Brandybuck. Yes. Anyway, like I said, it's very well known. So Bilbo's fucked off. Frodo's got the ring. Why does it? Why, hang on, why does he give the ring to Frodo? Because Gandalf tells him he has to leave it behind. He can't take his ring with him when he fucks off around gall gallivanting around. Because at this point, like I was about to say, Gandalf, the greatest magician of all time, is very suspicious of the ring and he thinks he knows what it is. Bearing in mind it's been lost for 3,000 years. Everyone's forgotten about it. He thinks he knows what it is because of murmurings in Mirkwood and a necromancer that he battled many years ago has come back. It is, in fact, the return of the Dark Lord himself, Sauron. Seb's doing a be real or something while I'm climaxing <laughs> Sauron. Fucking asshole. Speaking of the One Ring. Gandalf tells this to Frodo. He says, look, mate, this is the score. Sauron's back. 
Frodo's like, who? He's like, Sauron, the, the Dark Lord, and we are fucked, mate. If he gets this ring, you're fucked, I'm fucked, everyone's fucked in the ass. Everyone you know will be killed or enslaved. You, th- you thought Genghis Khan was bad. Sauron is a defiler. He's going to annihilate everybody. And he says, listen, what you need to do, take your big hairy feet and fucking chuck it in a volcano, basically. Which sounds like a mental plan, and it is a mental plan, because the peril that they are facing is so bad that they have to put all their trust in a lowly hobbit to destroy the One Ring. So, like I said, we're just at the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring now. To save you, I don't know, 48 hours worth of explanation, push comes to shove, Frodo's successful, he throws the ring in the fires of Mordor, and Sauron is finally defeated for the last time. He is gone. Woo! Spoilers. That is the story of Sauron. But why is he the GOAT? Why is he the best villain of all time? Why is he the greatest? Well, here's a bit of honesty. No villain lives forever. If you're going to crown the GOAT villain as the one who was never defeated, will be here forever. Because the good guy always wins. The villains always lose. So don't hold that against the Dark Lord. It's written, isn't it? You know, he's got to lose. But I'll tell you what, he gave it a fucking good go. He survived for literally thousands and thousands and thousands of years since the dawn of time and was only ever finally defeated by a cunty little hobbit that he never suspected. So he gave it a pretty good go at living forever. And even when people thought he was dead, he wasn't. And in fact, it's theorised that the only reason he was defeated was because for one of the first times ever in Middle-earth history, Eru Iluvatar, God himself, intervened. Let's not forget that Frodo puts the ring on. He is finally succumbed to the will of the ring in the fires of Mount Doom. He doesn't want to throw it in. He wants to become the Dark Lord himself. And had Gollum not been there and bitten his finger off and then fallen, he literally just fall. A bit like how that oil company giant in Russia the other day just fell out of a window and died. He just mysteriously falls into the fire of Mount Doom. Had that not happened, Sauron would have been victorious. And people speculate that it was actually Eru Iluvatar bending the will and intervening and making up that huge coincidence that Gollum was then happened to fall into the fires of Mount Doom. So what we're saying is Sauron can only be defeated by the will of an actual true creator, God of all. Does this not take away a little bit from uh, Frodo's achievement? It does a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But it might be true because Frodo does succumb to the ring. That's the thing. That's the power of Sauron, though, Seth. That's because he's so powerful. His ring is so powerful, it will bend the will of anyone who bears it. Even Gandalf. Does it bend his will? Whose? Sauron's. Well, it is Sauron, so no. Sauron's will is that. Is that evil. Sauron's will is the will to destroy everything. So he's got longevity, Sauron. He's also got very powerful weapons, mainly his ring, obviously. Um, He channeled all his evil and malice into the ring. And his evil is so great that the One Ring might be the most powerful weapon in fiction. I can't think of a single object or item more powerful than the One Ring in all of fiction, to be honest with you. Any suggestions, I'll, I'll willingly hear them, but I think the One Ring is the most powerful thing created ever. He's also got the power to corrupt and persuade anyone bearing the ring or not. Let's not forget, he had the power to corrupt nine other rings of power and create them into his own servants of darkness and make them do his every will and way, creating the Nazgul and the gateway into the unseen world. He also has, Seb, you're like this, he's also got a mace and a sword. I do like that. They're fucking sick. Like, he's too... Two hands, a mace. A mace is just the coolest of all medieval-looking weapons, which he just annihilates people. Forget the ring. 1v1 me, bro. Sauron takes down anyone. Sauron takes down Darth Vader. Well, obviously not. Godzilla's like 300 feet tall, you (laughs) idiot. (laughs) What about a Sauron-sized Godzilla? (laughs) 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 In a 1v1, I can't think of a baddie who couldn't, who Sauron couldn't just annihilate, even without his ring. Like, Sauron, he would just batter anyone. So anyway, 
let's let's conclude this right. <laughs> he is the goat. He is the greatest villain of all time. His will, every fiber of his being, everything that he aspires to be, is pure evil. He has not got a good bone in his body. You're not going to see any sign of sympathy or remorse or anything for any of the actions Sauron's ever done. He only has one will, and that's the will to destroy everything. And that will is channeled through his ring. And that ring will channel the will through anybody else, even Gandalf. Even Gandalf, the greatest magician of all time that we crowned. Gandalf the White. Gandalf the Grey, the greatest magician ever, much greater than Dynamo and David Blaine. Even he would succumb to the power of the ring and fall to Sauron. He's that great. He's just unrelenting. He's got an unrelenting will to rule the world and destroy and kill everything. And he was so nearly successful so many times. Like I said, all villains fall, so it was inevitable Sauron would fall, but he came so fucking close, it's unbelievable. He is the epitome of evil. He is truly the Dark Lord. He is what every villain aspires to be, is Sauron, and he is the GOAT. Interesting. Well, that was very informative. I liked it. I do think you've got a point. I think Sauron, I think that's genuinely going to be hard to beat, but I'm excited to hear what Vinny's come with. But before we get there, I've got a middle section. Obviously, I love comic books. I've talked about this before. I like comic book characters. I like comic book heroes, and I love comic book villains. However, I wanted to find some comic villains that are comic in a different way, in the sense that they are funny. So I gathered some hilarious villains that have been in comic books and cartoon comic, like cartoon heroes and TV heroes throughout the last however long, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> throughout comic history. And I'm going to give you three. So uh, we've got five rounds. Every round... I'm going to give you three, and you have to guess which one is the the fake villain. So I've I've made I've made them up, and I'm going to call it find the fake. So two of them are real, one of them is fake. Right. Round one, because Michael went first for the actual goating. Vinny, you go round. <laughs> you go first this time. The goat. Okay. So I'm going to give you your three villains, and you just have to tell me which is fake. Okay. So here's your first three. First villain, the brain. Just a brain in a jar. Second villain, the living eraser. An alien who can erase anything with his mind. (laughs) Or the last one, the constant consonant. A man who kills anyone who uses vowels. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. The first one sounds like a red herring because the the other two sound so stupid. <laughs> oh god, is the first one a red herring? Oh. <laughs> god, the constant consonant. That's awful. That's terrible. It definitely exists somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I don't want to help you, but that's what I'm thinking as well. That's got to exist. Yeah, I, I I'm just going I'm gonna go for the red herring. I'm gonna take the bait. I'm gonna go for brain is the odd one out. Okay, so Vinny, you were wrong. Okay. The correct answer, the fake, was the constant constant. Oh, fucking hell. Who I made up today. <laughs> it was so That's ridiculous. pretty creative, actually. It's like Shakespeare's arch enemy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm pretty pleased with that. So, second round. This is for Michael to answer. You Here's your three. The Bangled Bandit, a woman who uses her many bangles as both offensive and defensive weapons. Lady Asbestos, a woman <laughs> who made a suit of asbestos and eventually died of lung cancer. God. Oh my god. And the big wheel, a guy who drives around in a big wheel. These are all so shit. Right. <laughs> the, the big wheel is real. The big wheel is real. I, that's, I know that for sure. I, I mean, I don't definitely know it, but I definitely know it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Asbestos woman. No, see, the bangle one sounds ridiculous, but I reckon that culturally that probably represents people. I think that that is probably real. It's just that we wouldn't have seen that. So I'm going to say that the fucking asbestos woman's fake. Okay, I can confirm you are wrong. The bangled bandit was the fake one who I made up. (laughs) 
Oh my god. I can confirm that Lady Asbestos is a woman who made a suit out of asbestos as a villain. She was against the Human Torch. She was created before they realised asbestos was really dangerous. And then when they found out in the comics, they gave her lung cancer. Christ. I forgot that comics are fucking stupid. (laughs) I didn't think asbestos gave you cancer, right? Doesn't it just, like, shred... Doesn't it give you? Doesn't it just shreds your insides? Because it like does. It does. I think particles. they gave her lung cancer. I don't know if that's like how it actually works, but that's what they did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Vinny, this is back to you. Mm-hmm. Here's your three. Number one is Animal Mineral Vegetable Man, <laughs> a man who can transform into any animal, <laughs> mineral, or vegetable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mineral, like what? Like what's a mineral? Just like rocks. Like calcium. <laughs> Calcium. <laughs> they're not rocks, they're minerals. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> What's oh my that God. from? <laughs> Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. <laughs> it's oh, a high yeah. trader. <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ, Marie. <laughs> Second one, Calendar Man, a villain who does all his crimes on American National Days of Holiday and wears a costume to celebrate the holiday. Oh, that's real. You know, he's thoughtful. He's thoughtful. That's or, real. the it? last one, Dong Man, a man whose head was a giant bell which he could ring to cause havoc. Not a massive uh, dick. No. What was the first one again, sorry? Animal Mineral Vegetable Man. I'm going to go with Animal Mineral Vegetable Man. That's that's just so dumb. I can confirm, Vinny, you're wrong. Oh my the God, false answer it. was Dong Man. Ah, uh, I was going to my second one, shit. <laughs> We're so bad at this. <laughs> yeah, Seth is really good at this. I think. Yeah, because okay. he's from the world of comics, which are fucking made up. They're silly, there's, aren't there's they? A lot yeah, of zany, they're silly. There's a lot of zany characters. Yeah, probably. Right, it's yours to win it. Here's the fourth round, Michael. We might have to go to sudden death. I might get this wrong. Number one is Kite Man, a man who flies around on a giant green kite. Right. Okay. Number two is Kit Man. A laundry worker who sabotages all of the Marvel superheroes' costumes. <laughs> I think that's probably and real. Number three is Gorilla Grodd, a telepathic super genius gorilla who is bent on taking over the world. Oh, that could be real, but that could be made up. I might, I might go with the most ridiculous one as being the made up one, you know. Like, I feel like Kitman would be real. Like, in some shitty little comic, they'll be like, oh, he's fucking around with Iron Man's suit. And he's, he's washing... <laughs> he's washing the whites with the pinks. Uh, you know, so... And what was the first one? What was the other one? Kite Man. A man who flies around on a giant green kite. But then Kite Man sounds so basic, it could just be so made up, doesn't it? Vinny, you're not helping me. I don't know the answer. I have no idea. Fuck. I'm going to go with the gorilla to be the fake one. Okay, I can confirm you're wrong again. (laughs) The false false answer was Kitman, who I made up. Oh, god damn it. (laughs) That's a great supervillain. I love that. Thank you. I would would love him to be real. Fuck's sake, man. So this one, I'm just going to ask you both to buzz in, the first person to lock in an answer gets to keep the answer. So, like, if Vinny says, it's option three, then, Michael, you can still say it's option two or one, but you can't say three, okay? Right, okay, okay. Do we need buzzer noises? Yeah, just make a buzzer noise. Vinny, what's your noise, then? <clears throat> Mine's going to be... Okay. Okay. Here's your the fifth three options. Oh, sorry, like my finger slipped. Num- <laughs> <laughs> Such a stupid joke. <laughs> that was a good joke. <laughs> oh, that's great. Editor, please add in some applause. How about new? <laughs> that's phenomenal. That was so good. Right. The first, the beard hunter, a guy with a vengeance against facial hair. Two, the heckler, a guy with no powers, just quick wit and zany taglines. <laughs> and three, the human helmet, a woman who has the ability to take any blow to the head. <laughs> That's Vinny? my buzzer. My finger didn't slip. I'm going to go with option two. 
the heckler. The heckler. I'm going to go with option one then. The beard hunter. Yeah, because I think human helmet's real. I can confirm that you've both ended the game with zero points. Fucking hell! Oh my <laughs> oh, god, the, the human helmet was made up. Really? Oh, we were statistically no. so likely to get the last one as well. We really <laughs> fucked that so badly. Oh my god, Vinny, we, uh, we really let the team down. We've just done the first GOATS game with no right answers. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that, I, I think that just goes to show how good it was made, to be honest. Yes, yeah, Seb, as the quiz master. That was fantastic. Thank you. Round thank of you. applause. Well done, son. If you were playing along at home, if you also got no points, your punishment is you have to go and become a patron. Send us a load of money. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just comment on Instagram and say, say your points or whatever. But yeah, on that note, Vinny, why don't you take us away with your pick for the greatest fictional villain of all time? A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So there is a true answer to this, and it is, if you've ever seen Avatar The Last Airbender, it's Prince Zuko. <laughs> I didn't pick Prince Zuko, though. <laughs> I was going to say that's very abrupt. We normally confusing. it's normally a bit of a beat around the bush a little bit. Say who you've not picked, blah blah blah. You've just come straight out with it. <laughs> nah, I I did I I think Prince Zuko is the best villain of all time. I just think he's not like spoiler alert if you've never seen the whole of the Last Airbender, but he does become a hero and he, he always kind of was a hero in disguise really. And he has this big, like he has this really good, like redemption arc. So I don't know if I would really call him a villain to be honest, but I, he could sort of been the best answer, but I didn't go for him. Instead, I went for uh, an even better answer. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> have you, what have you, have you done a Michael here, mate? Have you, <laughs> There's a look on Vinny's face right now that you can't see at home. I'm worried. <laughs> I'm also worried. Well, the funny thing is, his name has actually been mentioned on this podcast earlier. In fact, Sebek, you mentioned him. I'm not Hitler. No, not oh, Hitler. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, okay, dodge a bullet there. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've picked the devil. <laughs> So yeah, the devil. He is pretty much just the personification of evil. Um, because of that, it's only natural that he's existed in multiple religions and cultures throughout time and history. But the devil I will be focusing on today is the one we know and love, Beelzebub, Satan or otherwise known as Lucifer, the Christian devil. Let me just start about the name Lucifer, because this was like, this was a huge, weirdly a huge part of my research was just trying to decipher the, the name Lucifer, and I don't know why I went on this weird rabbit hole, but Lucifer had his start in ancient mythology as the name given to the morning star, which is what we call 
Venus, like the planet Venus is the morning star when it rises in the morning. And Lucifer, in fact, comes from Latin and means light bringer, which is kind of weird for the, the devil to be called light bringer. And he was actually worshipped by the ancient Romans as a god. So how this relates to the Christian version of the devil, okay, and it's I'm on I'm honestly still a bit confused because the the problem with a lot of the Bible stuff is there's been so many revisions of the Bible and modifications and edits and especially mm. translations which carry with them mistranslations that I researching this stuff was quite tricky <laughs> weirdly enough yeah and also whenever they've translated the Bible whoever translates it like just cuts all the stuff out that they think that people of that era aren't going to believe well, they've cut stuff as well, yeah, they've yeah, made modifications. So like, yeah, I remember when I was doing my philosophy A-level that we were told about how, I think it was when they translated it into Hebrew or something, that mm. one of the guys was like, yeah, I think we'll leave the story out where baby Jesus kills a dragon with a sword and just got rid of it, but since they found like those scriptures and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, even now, there's a lot of the Bible that doesn't get talked about, especially at school and stuff, like... The um, Revelations, the last chapter of the last book, is insane. There's like a mega fight between Jesus and the Antichrist. <laughs> yeah. It has like a climactic finish, like a Marvel movie. But like people yeah. just don't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, because it sounds ridiculous. It sounds made up. So they're like, oh, we better not say all that stuff. Yeah, because it, because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And oh, so if right, you yeah. say to someone, well, well that's definitely going to happen. It's like, is it? It'd be fucking sick. I'd love to watch that. I'll oh, be sick, mate. Yeah. Give me your front row tickets. You can really imagine that. What's that Led Zeppelin song that's like, ah! Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. then fucking dun, 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 huge. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. It's a big, like, CGI anime beams, and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> twirling around in the sky. <laughs> That'd be sick. That would anyway, be carry sick. On. So, yeah, how does Lucifer relate to the Christian devil? In my research, this is the best solution I could come up with. So, in the book of Isaiah, the king of Babylon is condemned in a vision by the prophet Isaiah and is called Helel bin Shachar, which is the same name given to the morning star. And. Okay. Yeah, yeah, get it. So, the quote is in, in the book of Isaiah is, and it starts with. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. Then that part of the Bible was linked with a line in Luke 10, which is, the quote is, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, and was sort of thought to be an allegory for Satan's fall from heaven, Thus how Satan is also now called Lucifer, and also why the story of Satan is that he was a fallen angel, and he was an angel at first, and then he had a falling out with God, and he was cast down from the heavens. So, yeah, the Bible's quite confusing, to be honest. It's, 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 it's a lot of riddles and a lot of weird interpretations that people have sort of put together, and it's it's a lot of interpretations. So... That's kind of the story of why he's known as the fallen angel and Lucifer and all that stuff. And then later on, it became believed that his actual first ever appearance in the Bible was that of the serpent in the Garden of Eden who tempts and manipulates Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. And of course, Adam and Eve are seduced by the devil. And as a result, humans ever since have been born both with free will, but also have all been born with sin. So everyone is born with sin, and it's only with baptising in which this sin is cleansed. Who would win in a fight, Jesus or Sauron? Sauron. Jesus. Yeah, Sauron would stomp him, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Get his mace and just smash Jesus could like, He could like get like one like melon, or like one like 
boulder or something and then like make it into 5,000 boulders or no, whatever. Like, there's no like, evidence does of crazy shit that. like that. You just throw bare bread You walk on water. <laughs> What's Sauron going to do? Just drown. Nah, Jesus' powers are whack. Yeah, but they Moses, are Moses, he's the fucking bad bitch uh, in the Moses Bible. did some insane shit. He's shirt. like flying around like fucking Thor, <laughs> chopping mountains in half with his bare hands. All this shit. And Jesus is like, oh, do you guys want some fish? Moses is like... <laughs> Was it Moses who was talking to God and God said, if you really love me, sacrifice, like murder your only son or something? And he was like, yep, I'm going to do it. And he like was just about to do it. And God was like, no, it was just a test. And he was like, che- cheers, God. <laughs> he, no, he, he, like, he like tries to kill three of them as well. He's like, kill one of your sons. And he's like, and he just goes down. Yeah, just into like, like yep, his no questions asked. Pick up the oh knife. I'll fucking God. do it. <laughs> Yeah, he's just a beast, man. man. Moses fucking rocks. <laughs> anyway, back to the devil. Yeah, you need to carry on, Vinny. We're distracting you. <laughs> so, after like, when God... Moses jumps, it like leaves oh, a crater yeah. in the earth. <laughs> <laughs> he does press ups. He doesn't press himself up and down. He presses the earth up and down. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like you know, like when you see like in like an anime movie, like when he jumps, he leaves a crater and then, yeah. then he like breaks the sound barrier as he flies yeah. in the air. <laughs> 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 so after the garden of eden the devil would show up periodically in the bible to mess with humans and tempt them into his dark ways like a cameo yeah just sort like, of oh and... devil's in this episode oh! <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, crowd, the crowd cheers yeah he really started upping the ante in the new testament as he would follow jesus and his pals around in an attempt to sway him to the dark side like a cartoon supervillain and yes you did describe it just like that so like the funny thing is in the bible the devil is never actually described as a single entity he's more so like a force in which he manipulates people and creatures to do his bidding and he never was even the ruler of hell which is funnily enough Hmm. but how this all plays in is that in the early 14th century an italian poet named dante alighieri published a narrative poem called divine comedy just barely a year before his death divine comedy is the story about somebody who dies and their soul then travels through the afterlife through hell through purgatory before finally ending up in paradise right at the end and it's this the story about like reaching god through all the turmoil or whatever is that dante's inferno yes so it's split into three parts and the first part is the widely known one it's dante's inferno and before dante's inferno from what i could gather hell was more seen as a sort of purgatory where if you sinned a lot and you you sin too much to get into heaven you when you died you wouldn't get into heaven you would just sort of wander the earth aimlessly forever so dante's inferno is where hell was fully imagined as the the fiery and endlessly horrifying landscape in which we know it today to be and dante also imagined hell to be ruled over by the fallen angel himself lucifer because originally it was all just a thing like Satan was just sort of on earth. It was never like he was in hell. But now he's, according to Dante, he's the ruler of hell. And he was even imagined having a physical form. And he was pictured as a grotesque winged creature with three faces, each chewing a sinner whose wings blew freezing cold wind- winds throughout hell's domain. And Dante's Inferno was so popular that the church decided to adopt this new imagining of hell as to scare the Christian people of the Middle Ages into being good little boys and good little girls. And I think it worked because (laughs) by the end of the Middle Ages, the devil actually had a physical form in the eyes of the people. And this physical form is the physical form we think of when you think of the devil today. So this horned trident-wielding figure with hooves for feet and a big long tail. Later on, during the 16th and 17th centuries, fear of the devil became so widespread that it was at least partially responsible for the witchcraft hysteria of Europe and New England and caused hundreds of real-life deaths to take place, innocent deaths 
to take place. And I'm not sure if I ever mentioned this on the podcast, but there is an interesting fact that there's an interesting idea that a big part of why the, how the Salem witch trials and a lot of that witch hysteria happened is because they think historians think that the wheat they had had gone off and it produces when wheat gone off wheat produces something called ergot i think and ergot contains the precursor drug to lsd it's called lsa but it still makes you trip balls if you ingest it so they reckon that everyone was just really fucking paranoid as hell and were, were all just tripping balls because of the ergot that they were just consuming from the wheat and then they just tripped balls got really paranoid thought the dude down the street was a witch and so yeah damn pretty crazy or that could have been some devilry the devil could have poisoned the wheat with lsd you know what i mean he knows how to party yeah (laughs) but then you say that but then also think about like the satanic panic in the like 70s and 80s in america where people thought that like people were literally being possessed by the devil people thought D D was like the devil's work Fucking yeah. kids who would like literally just go off to live with their mates. Their parents would like send someone to fucking kidnap them and then try and like uncurse the devil out of them. People literally scarred for life because their parents thought they'd been possessed by the devil. Mm. It's fucking mental. And they weren't on LSD. They were just nutcases. Yeah. That's just like social phenomena. That's how yeah. scared people are of the death. Yeah. The devil's just like always been this like being omniscient being throughout history that's always been the cause of all horrors in the world and even to this day still christians believe that he's still around the corner just causing havoc but yeah since then satan has become a mainstay in our pop culture and as the ultimate bad guy to fear and although there is a sort of subsect of Christianity called Satanists, and they worship the Church of Satan. And these people are actually real. This isn't like a made-up thing like movies will have you believe. And they don't really overtly worship Satan as like a god, but rather they sort of embrace them as a symbol of atheism and pride and liberty amongst other things, which I thought was kind of interesting. The whole thing with Satanism is, like you said, it's like the idea that... So one of my favourite things about the old Devereux is that there's like a subsection of scholarly thought which has been like picked up by Satanists, which is the idea that throughout the Bible, actually the devil is like an allegory for like not becoming too hell-bent on like your own purity. And like, so like, for instance... The devil is the only one who talks sense to Jesus when he tries to walk out into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights with no food. Like, he's like, you shouldn't do that. You're going to die. And like, and he tells Adam and Eve, you should want knowledge. You should have your own knowledge. You shouldn't just blindly follow. You should take knowledge for yourself. Mm. And like, a lot of people think that actually people over the last sort of 2000 years have become quite obsessed with like the biblical idea of like, black and white good and bad but actually the devil is supposed to represent like just thinking for yourself for a second and being like oh maybe i shouldn't walk out into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights Mm. and like it's okay to sometimes be selfish and that's that's like what satanism is about like they don't worship satan they just like it's just good pr basically yeah actually michael you brought up a good point earlier when you were saying that you don't think, you know, all villains die in the end and you don't think there's a single fictional villain who doesn't die. But the devil doesn't die, man. The devil is eternal. He's just as eternal as God. So, what about uh, in the big war at the end that Seb was talking about? Well, yeah, but they admitted that because they realised it was a bit stupid. <laughs> now, if you're still not convinced the devil is the goat fictional villain i'm not just i want you i want you to close your eyes for a second and i want you to imagine in your head for me the devil now take a look at the lower half of the devil are they not the legs of an actual goat (laughs) (laughs) 
I rushed like any fucking hell. Oh my god, that's your point. That's your ending. Bro, he's got goat legs. He calls he's the goat. Oh my goodness. I can't believe he just ended with that. He's got goat legs. He's got like goat eyes as well, I think as well. I don't know. Holy shit. Oh my god. Well, that was two phenomenal, phenomenal arguments. Genuinely. Genuinely, genuinely. (laughs) But the trouble is, I think the writing is on the wall. No way. Surely not. Surely not. Come on. I'm going to explain my thinking here. I will say it's really close. It is genuinely really close. Really, really close. I like... Sauron. I think he has a good narrative arc. I like his plan. I like a villain with a good plan. And I think Sauron's plan is clever and it's sneaky. I think the only thing that I I'll say it now I said it before and I'll say it again he lets himself down because he has no purpose. He's not relatable. You don't look at Sauron and think he's got a point. His, he, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say this. I, I'm genuinely, it's, it's difficult for me, but I'll say this now. On a purely objective basis, Sauron is a more evil villain. He is a more villainous villain than the devil. But I would say the devil, and it's difficult, and I still don't actually know which way I'm gonna sway on this. I'm, you're hearing me work this out in my head. The devil, in his current iteration in pop culture and in the current understanding of the Bible, is a more complete villain who does have several, what's the word, purposes and does do things where you're like, oh, yeah, fair play. But he's still bad. He's still the villain. But he's like kind of got a bit of good in him. And I think that's what makes a really great villain is like, and someone who I would have probably picked if I'd been writing this is, you know, that Moriarty in, in the Sherlock Holmes books Mm. where like Moriarty has like a, he's like playing a game. He just wants to enjoy himself. And he feels like him and Sherlock Holmes, like play this game together. One would not exist without the other. I'm really rambling because I'm, I'm genuinely quite on the fence. I've come to a decision. The greatest fictional villain of all time is the devil. Without a shadow of a doubt. I'm sorry, Michael, but when you think of Sauron, you think, oh, he's like the devil in this book. You say, like, oh, he's the one that's like the devil. When you think of Voldemort, you go, oh, he's the one that's like the devil. He's got the devil in him. Voldemort's got no nose. Voldemort can't smell his own feet, mate. Okay. I'm fuming. Like, you're insane, much <laughs> first How can I? Right, I get it. Okay, I lose Gandalf to Dynamo. F- fine. But Satan? Nah. Nah, 1v1 Sauron, bro. He'll still annihilate you. No, and this is what I'm saying. Objectively, Sauron is a more powerful and more evil villain, but I just don't think that's what makes a really great villain. I think what makes a great villain is the complexity of their character. I think (laughs) the devil is the ultimate complex character because he even has in... I was about to say in the books, like I was talking about, like, (laughs) in the books, in the Bible, he has, like, a relationship (laughs) with Jesus where... He's trying to save Jesus. That's good. That's like a good. That's not the greatest evil. Villain. I know, but he's still the devil. Like it's like he's trying to help, but he's bad, so he will never help in the right way. And that is like the ultimate villain. He is the epitome of the flip side of the coin. But sometimes you need to flip that coin to get through, and that's like what he epitomizes. And I think that's why he's the greatest villain. And he just is like when you say think of a villain you think of the devil no you don't every villain is just a it's just a rewriting of the devil he's of the darkness of the evil 
of the temptation. The thing that sealed it as well is when you kept talking about the temptation of the ring and there's a lot of tempting goes on in the Bible and I just think it just is. The greatest villain of all time is the devil. Right, Vinny, do your fucking acceptance speech. Let's get this over with. I'd like to thank my fans. Uh, my parents are raising me. I couldn't have done without your mum. Uh, and I'd like to thank Sebek for handing me this award of Goat's Villain. And also, I'd like to thank, thank the devil himself. <laughs> devil, where are you? You in the si- <laughs> g- g- Come up here, devil. Come up here. You've you got to share this award with me. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of Satan worshippers. <laughs> Mate, I actually am. That's the thing, is I fucking love the devil. So you uh you, you were good there. That was a good one, V Dog. Cheers, boy. I can't think of anything else to say really. Thanks for listening, everyone. Big up the devil. Do you know what I've been thinking? I think we should do hoodies, but that's a separate issue. I think we should like design some merch, like rather than just like slap a logo on it, like make something a bit sick that people would want to wear. But I don't know. I also think we should hire out a village hall and do a live show. So what do I know? Fucking message the Instagram if you want a hoodie or us to rent out a village hall. Thank you for listening. Thank you to all the patrons, all five of you now, who've been repping the show and allow us to like pay for Hindenburg and all the other shit that we use to make this. Please tell your mates. Please. 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 <laughs> Please tell your mates. No, but go on. Tell a mate. Fucking helps the show out. You know. The devil works hard, but we work harder, baby. See you next week. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Fuck you, Vinny. Love you, bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's great.